<laughs> this, this week on Braces on Braces Shakespeare. <laughs> Hi, you guys. Welcome to the oh review. We are oh, super geez. serious reviewers. I just I got new some... bands. My bands are in. No. Bands in the Queensland Age and System of a Down. System of a Down. No, no, welcome. This is how we do it. Hi. Hi. Welcome. Welcome, BC WrestlePod fam, to the AEW review here, the Just Three Gents. We're having a good time because it's been a week for all of us, and even watching this show did not change much. We needed a good laugh today. I'm here as JVL with Mikey, with the professor. It is a pleasure to be here with you both and actually have this fun time together that we have needed for so long. And we're mm-hmm. happy you're here with us as well, that you've subscribed to our channel. Go on ahead and uh, click that alert bell to make sure you've got all of our notifications about what's coming up. You've uh, obviously followed us on all the social media and you're dropping a comment down there on which one of us is the funniest. I know it's one of them. And we are just <laughs> excited to have you here with us because we got to watch basically chat GBT writes a wrestling show meets we have a very thin roster for some reason, so we're going to try to make up matches as we go along. So it was a kind of an up and down battle to figure this out. As yeah, was, uh, were, kind of, yeah. There's, there's a lot of folks missing, right? Like there's just folks gone. And it's not because they're on Jericho's cruise because that's this weekend. So I have no idea what's going on. Yeah. But we had, we had this, uh, you could tell because it started kind of like clunkily going into a Jeff Hardy versus John Moxley match with no build, nothing else. And we get to watch John Moxley basically channel his giant dick, Randy Orton by doing a bunch of ear stuff to Jeff Hardy the entire time, <laughs> who then took bumps with the pen in his ear from Excalibur for a couple of bumps. I, this was a crazy match to open with. Yeah, I, it was really funny. It was John Moxley walks out and it seems genuinely frustrated because he doesn't know where to go. And this happens from time to time in certain arenas where John Moxley <laughs> does the spinal tap thing and kind of rock and roll and doesn't know where to go. This one, Hello, he Cleveland. Was, he was angry at the camera. He was angry at a fan. And then he got up the steps, had this moment and went, great. How do I get to the ring? And I didn't know where to go. <laughs> Asking directions. Can't get right. some like, three wow, drunk guys from New Orleans over here. <laughs> so the the New Orleans crowd was fired up. They were actually, they were way better than Savannah and a few other mm-hmm. crowds that we've had the last few weeks for sure. There was a Tony Storm cosplay. I don't know if any of y'all saw it somewhere out there. They, they, they only showed it once, but I was like, oh, there you are. There were some funny characters in the crowd, so they were having a blast. Yeah, this, I was not expecting a Jeff Hardy at all. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm like, what do you want to start with? And you're just rolling a die to pick one at random and it's Jeff Hardy. And we, I talked about this last week. I'm just sort of waiting for Jeff to burst into dust. I think the more he's been working, he's getting some kind of whole, I don't know if you could say a second wind after near 50, but like you're, you're finding this again and maybe you're learning how to do this and not kill yourself. He took some, he was hurt a few times in this. There were some bumps that one he took to the outside. He then pulled the towel out of his back because it looked like that was messing him up a little bit. Moxley just being mean with the ear. I was, I said that out loud while I was watching. Like, that's just mean. There was some good, you know, spots in here though. Moxley did take care of him. He was hard on him, but you know, Mm. that, that sold fine. There was, 
there was something where it looked, uh, I can't quite, when they were doing work on the ropes, there was a part where Hardy was trying to hold himself up and he quite couldn't. It looked like his hip gave out and there was a little bit of a miscue there. I can't quite remember that, that sequence, but that had me nervous. Like, Oh, please be okay. And then I uh, just landing on his hips, the way he was, I, I'm not sure there was, I, I, am I out of pocket? There was a, there was a spot or two in there. That was a little, what just the happened? The twist of fate on the apron is kind of what you're thinking of too. Cause he yes, couldn't land there, right. Yeah, and then Moxley got his face dragged across all three ropes, which yes. can be really terrible too. So that was a little iffy at best. Mm-hmm. In the end, I, I was, well, yeah. And then there was that cutter that kind of missed completely. Right. There was that. Yeah, it was yeah. like, Ooh, yeah. what, where, where, where are we going with that? There was that botched count out. If you guys saw that, like that one, mm-hmm. two, not supposed to be three thing, which kind of was, where are we? What are we doing? There was a lot of them trying to like catch up to each other. During yeah. This. And I, I don't know if that, to me, that speaks to quick replacement or we're not sure what's happening or, or maybe like we discussed, maybe it's a jet jet chat GPTs. <laughs> like, Hey, just put a hardy in there. All that being said, I I didn't hate this match. I liked it. I was rooting for them the whole time. I was never taken out of it, even though I was like, ooh, that kind of, ooh, that was kind of it. They sold beautifully with each other. I mean, Hardy still whips the hair when he gets punched. Moxley still is hurt when things happen. I don't know what, I don't, I couldn't tell if it was kayfabe or not at the end. It looked like Moxley really hurt his back in that one spot. And then all of a sudden he no sold and he was totally fine. Yeah, they were talking on the ground for a bit, and then he jumped back up for some reason. Yeah, he was there was, Jeff there to do was something a conversation, and... conversation there. So it was an interesting one to talk about. Mikey, how'd you feel about it? Well, as someone who watches all three AEW shows, it seems like Jeff has been wrestling almost on across one of the shows every single week. So mm-hmm. I want to say this is like the fourth match within the last month or so that sure. I've seen Jeff wrestling. I will say he has gotten a lot better in terms of, you know, them consistently having him do matches. I didn't hate this match, but again, it goes back to my issue with AEW right now because we're getting a more and more frustrated Jeff Hardy because he's been losing every match that he's been in. He lost to Mox. He lost to Darby on Rampage last week. Sure. And they, he lost the tag match with, you know, against private party. Like, it's a lot of things that are going on right now. Well, they had a win. Him and the together as the boys, didn't they have a win to end 2023? Like they had a win for something, I want to say, wasn't there? They might they, have, but uh, but since since the January. new year, they've, they've just been getting jobbed ever since. That's that's tough. Well, and they complained about being on rampage as well, where they were just being underutilized to begin with. Sure. I know that there was a part, Marky, you're getting to where he flipped off Moxley at the end when Mox was trying to shake his hand. Yeah. And then he was flipping off Mox a couple other times. legit hurt. He's like, damn. <laughs> but at the same time, they're, like everyone's saying, oh, this is a heel turn for Jeff. And he ruins that because the camera followed him. And then he's doing his thing to the crowd. Like, thank you. Yeah. Thank you for letting me be here. It's like, you're not a heel. You're just acting like, and then you'd forget. Like, it's it, it doesn't, it's di- two dichotomous things. It doesn't work. I don't know. And well, then that leads me to that sort of, to bring him up CM Punk complex, right? Where it's sort of, I'm going to comment to you, the person, but I'm going to love the crowd thing, which tends to happen. And -hmm. it's not just CM Punk. There's others and there's other examples of this too, but that's recency bias for that. I don't know. It's, it's one thing to be angry at your employer, but then to take it out on those around you. 
in a certain way. And Moxley was genuinely like, well, what the hell? <laughs> and then I we, jumped. And then, yeah, oh, then this. I don't hate this. I just wondered where it came from. <laughs> Mikey, why don't you expound on this, please? I see how it is. It's the token brown person. No, I'm, <laughs> I'm just I mean, kidding. You got to beat I'm up. I'm just some, kidding. You, you got to beat up an ugly white guy. That's a good day for y'all. Honestly, that's what my approach would be. So, for those of you who don't know <laughs> what we're talking about, after the match is over, we had four wrestlers from CMLL, which is a pretty big promotion in you know in Mexico for Lucha Libre. CMLL who has not worked with that often because they've been they've been in the pocket of MLW for a while. Sure. Yes, and or sorry, we, and AAA, sorry, and AAA, AAA. So I'm wondering if they want to expand their relationship with CMLL because a certain other company now has an exclusive partnership, from what I could tell, with AAA. So, oh. anyways, so we had four of CMLL's pretty probably their top stars based on what I can research, mm-hmm. and uh, they jumped the barricade after this match and they beat jo- uh, John Moxley like he owed them their lunch money. But and Mikey, then I have, I have to I have to ask. So obviously, you know, with one of their stars being down and CMLL is another company, AEW would send out all of their wrestlers to defend John, right? Like it would be everyone in the back. It'd be the entire locker room. This was, in the words of a friend of mine, this was a sad, depressing locker room fill out. I was just like, there was more. There was a bigger pull apart bra last week with the Ring of Honor locker room than tonight because all we... No shade, but to save John Moxley, not even his own teammates, but we had Daddy Magic, Cool Hand, and Christopher Daniels and Matt Seidel. I was like, was everyone else not available? Like, what happened? And it's sort of jar meeting breakup. (laughs) Folks that don't like Moxley randomly come to Moxley's aid. Like, wait, what? Why? This was weird. I will say. This was the, weird. The lucha masks that don't have a mouth, the mystical one, yeah, are kind of terrifying. I like it. It's different and something we don't always see up here in the states. I thought that was pretty scary. Cool. I and mean, we haven't seen it since. Uh, what was it? Sincata, who was Mystico, was oh, sure, 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 sure. Yeah, good knowledge. This was kind of it felt a little out of nowhere to me. It was just sort of Moxley shared words, said something, said something, and then this happened. Fight, fight, fight. Yeah, fight, but fight, I fight. Am, I am going to say, though, I'm really... So, yeah, so what the, this random beatdown, it sets up because on Rampage, we have a four, we have an eight-man tag, and then Collision, Danielson's taking on one of the CMLL H- guys. H.E. Seto. Yeah, H.E. Seto. Okay. And uh, I'm excited. Listen, <laughs> Adolfo... And he's going to hate me for putting it on blast like this. But Adolfo has been super excited since we got this announcement next week, as she should. And I just told him, oh, my my poor sweet baby. They CML guys are probably going to lose because <laughs> Lu- the Luchadors never get a win. Well, maybe on collision they might. Who knows? They, they look strong, but they don't get the wins, right? Like that's something we've talked about. Yep. Uh, a lot and we'll get that to another Lucha match later on this evening. Where it's like, Right. But of course, you know, speaking of the fact that like people uh, can end up being looking strong, but not winning the match. We had two different matches tonight that were set up as dealer's choice to make someone look strong and also have them lose because we have to have Hangman Page and Swerve win their matches, including this one, which Swerve, 
I loved this call of getting one of his stable mates to have his first singles match against Hangman and Hangman taking Toa Leona basically to his limit and then sneaking a win off of him because of how much of a powerhouse he is. This was an amazing call for this and an amazing match. I loved this match. I had a blast watching this. Uh, I had to go back and take notes because I was all in on watching it. Mm-hmm. Hangman's no sell at the end. Or no, not Hangman. Toa's. Yeah, yeah, Toa's no sell at the end was just terrifying. Uh, we had a Samoa headbutt in there, which is always fun for me to see as someone who loves throwbacks and that stuff. Um, they worked great together. There were yeah. some spots that looked like they were calling on the fly. Everything outside of the ring was terrifying. In a, in a great way, they both they sold the camera well. Like some of those sh- chops were brutal. The we fact real- that he that he got up after one from the dead eye after being dropped on his head yes! because of the Samoan head, like that was crazy. Oh, brilliant! So I I had a lot of fun watching this. There was a a few where I wrote something down that was funny. No, I just wrote these two work well together, and I wrote the same note twice because I just been watching. <laughs> Uh, this was great. I wish, I, uh, I, I think this is a dynamite, and we'll talk about this in a minute, that suffered from momentum. We took too big a pauses and gear shifts in between certain things. This yeah. was a match that could have carried the next 90 minutes, and instead we just kind of had this dip in the middle, and then a match that kind of suffered, I think, in the wake of that, which is unfortunate. If, if you had started dynamite with this, I wonder if the next 45 minutes would have just been electric. You know what I mean? I honestly believe that I had missed the setup for this, that like somewhere Swerver come out and said what was going on at the beginning of the mat, beginning of the show. And I had to go back and look at it again. Cause I was like, wait a minute. I don't remember when this was actually set up and anything. This is just dropped on us, but it was, it was crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I thought I missed, I jumped cause I had to watch it on the thing. All oh, the commercials. And I, I couldn't, I never caught that either until they <laughs> announced it like, Oh, Oh, that's who you pit. Oh no. They <laughs> announced it on social media, which is really weird. Because then Hangman technically gave us a hint of who Swerve was going to be facing on Collision. Because, you know, he did the iconic thing where Hangman's like, you know what? You're going to have to wait the whole effing show. I'm like, it's Rob Van Dam, isn't it? Yes. Yeah, yeah, if you, if, unless, <laughs> unless you've been living on a rock for the last 20 years, you kind of know that. But then, of course, we'll talk about that later where they where he t- takes another Swerve at it on Swerve as he can do. Uh, but this match was overall a really fun thing. My, Mike, yeah. did you kind of like enjoy the fact that like Toa didn't lose because Toa got squashed, like Toa actually basically got tricked out of it. I love the fact that we're making Toa still look strong, even in defeat, which is very, very important. I mean, it's Toa Leona. Have you seen the man? He, like, bent, he bent a freaking chair. I was just like, I, I was just trying to my, find that, by the way. <laughs> I was like, I, was like, I want him on my, t- the way that I view this match is, is it's like Hangman barely won, which is nice. I mean, he still picked up the victory, but it took no. everything in his power to sneak that victory away. And mm-hmm. as far as Toa Le- Leona goes, I was just like, I want him on my dodgeball team. That is how I feel. <laughs> I was like, he terrifies me. He scares me. And I want him to be on my side during dodgeball. <laughs> well, and Toa looked like he could go another 30 minutes. Like Toa was oh, not absolutely. sweating, not gas, not nothing. Adam Page was huffing a little, but still looked good. But he could, that dude was weight of gone that mustache. I'm telling hour. you. <laughs> oh, yeah. Mustaches are heavy. There's a lot of jokes <laughs> per second. And I can't say any of those due to monetization. Yeah. <laughs> there's some. There's some. Yeah. And pulling that off. <laughs> they saw. I mean, I, I don't know. I, we could wax poetic on this one for a while, but it was just so much fun. It was great to see. I want to see more of him for sure. Because I don't think he's, he's 
Huh? I was saying all of us Ring of Honor people have a good handle on what Toa is like, but we haven't seen him also as a singles competitor. So Fair giving enough. that a chance is also amazing that Dynamite did that to give in a the, such a, a big spotlight yeah. versus like putting him in in a later match like we had, which kind of buried him. Like this was a good way to set him up. Yeah, I just oh, I just saw the hangman hanging in the corner by his legs, and then Toa dropping a head on him. Like, oh, it's so mean. as he as he's slipping on the mat because of his bare feet. This <laughs> yes, is like, oh my god, this was a lot of fun, and I, I hope to see more of Toa for sure. And again, I say this every week. I just got to get over to Ring of Honor. I just got to get over there. And we keep telling you as we're recording. It's you always keep a good telling thing. us this. I'm, I, I I I do so many. Things. I know. I'll do it. I'll figure it. It's okay. We forgive you, but I will never forgive this next match, though. No, this next. Uh, Well, first we have to jump to Matthew and Nicholas arriving and giving us a big fine for their PA because obviously they're just trying to be the big things. I mean, I mean, the more I see them, like I'll admit that it's kind of starting to grow on me. Like this version of the Young Bucks with Nicholas and Matthew, they're both kind of growing on me like a rash. Oh (laughs) God. I think we they're some, buying yeah. they're buying in more, which is what I'm reading. It's not coming off as sort of cardboard and and misplaced. And again, going way back to four weeks ago, back four weeks ago when we saw this, that first introduction of this, and I was like, yeah, this feels awkward, but I'm willing to see where it goes. And then we have sort of had two weeks of this is awkward and not working. I feel like as acting teacher, they're buying into it a little more. They're leaning on this as a circumstance a little more. They're a bit more comfortable with it. That being said, I, they still don't have a, it's still not underneath them enough to where it, it's coming off fluid and natural. The, uh, the Darby one later on, we, which we'll talk about, I'm sure, kind of felt calculated and meh to me. Part of the reverence, it, it just, come, everyone around them comes off as, what are you two doing? As opposed to, oh no, they're actually going to find me. Like there's, there's just the little off. I'm waiting for the day they can get Danielson to actually say the word fine as his new big catchphrase, because then it'll actually work out really well. <laughs> fine, fine, fine. But at, but as Mikey alluded to, we went from that kind of uh, prescripted promo from the day to Wardlow and the United uh, Empire coming out, uh, or sorry, United Kingdom the, coming out. The undisputed <laughs> kingdom. I can't remember. There's too many UEs, but uh, United, it's United. The only UE. one that matters is United because that is Will Osprey. He's the best. It is. But the Undisputed Kingdom comes out with Wardlow. Wardlow in a barely fitting uh, leotard versus Commander uh, uh, that he had set up there. And why? Well, <laughs> or Commander. so this was uh, surprisingly for me a, a harder hitting match than I thought. Wardlow actually did a decent job giving commander those hope spots which you don't usually get when Wardlow's trying to run through somebody like there were some good things i wrote down some stuff here like um commander was bumping out of his mind but you Mm -hmm. know it was was going all over the place the uh the kick and then the rope to the groin was kind of fun there what he did to Wardlow as he's entering the ring sure and um but uh the big story coming out of this before we get into anything else Wardlow looking like he tweaked his knee on one of the power bombs and nearly dropping commander on his head uh, yeah. but then turns out he's saying he's fine, but he's really like getting angry outside. You can tell he's pissed off about it. And now it comes out today. He may have torn his MCL in his knee during Ugh. that match. And yet they would still continue the story afterwards. There was so many miscues for a stretch in the middle here. There was that weird drop kick through the ropes that just missed. Yeah. Commander. Redone. Looked like 
looked like he missed. Yeah, it went back and did it again. Missed that 540 beautiful thing and like barely got there. There were a lot of miscues, I think. I don't know if there was just a language barrier or just not talking beforehand, but a few things that were just like, ooh, please don't get hurt sort of things. Commentary had to cover quite a bit and they weren't doing well with it. So it was quite, kind of there was a lot of, oh, he just grazed him. Oh, he was just there. Oh, look at the thing. It's like, ah, and, that. and I think, I don't know if it was, you know, Commander working so fast and Wardlow just trying to catch up or whatever else. I, I, I saw the knee thing and you can see his knee shift when he picks up Commander and like holds him there and almost drops him, picks him back up, does the power bomb and collapses into him. And then it almost looks like he calls for the one, two, three. Like they might might have been that there might have been one more move or something. Yeah, Yeah, go home. There was something there. Uh, You just see Wardlow stand up, take three steps out into the audience and go, F word, like just yells. (laughs) He knows. And you can hear it on everyone's voice and commentary. Adam Cole, like, he's just fine. He might have hurt his knee there. No, he's going to be back and he's going to be great. He's he's protecting Adam. He's protecting Adam Cole. Yes. Yeah. They all know. They know full well. Well, and, and, that's and then there's the camera. Sh- there's the camera shot when they were pulling out as the promo was happening, where they're uh, going to be taking on the best friends and everything else. Mm-hmm. Where you see Wardlow in the background slam the ring steps as hard as he can because he's pissed, and then he's got the knee pad off, and he's he's pulling focus the entire time. Yeah, he knows. And I, I think what's hard too, and I don't want to say this, and you never want to wish this on anybody. That could be one of those final straw, like this is going to get you written out for a while, sort of things. If that's the case, and and, and he's just having, back from injury right now. He's just back from injury already, and we're already in this kind of how do we use you? What do we do with you thing? And that's heartbreaking. You don't want to see anyone go out like that. But also, it's like, hey, you're a big man. Like yeah, knees and ankles are a thing, right, Mikey? <laughs> yeah, ankles are a thing. Do you have ankles? I mean, I have cankles. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Listen, as the resident. <laughs> that took a turn. Anyways, <laughs> as the resident big boy here on Justice 3 Gents, <laughs> I can't speak for what Wardlow's experiencing because despite my size, I have yet to break any bone in my body. I actually take Why care of myself. Why would you say that out loud on the internet, Mikey? Listen. I have been in hospice, hospital for since like I was born. Why all the way would up to 12 you say years that on the mic? Because I can. Anyways. Don't invoke the wrath of the internet. Oh, Comment my. below if you think Mikey doesn't need to go to the hospital. Nah, we're, we're trying to stay out there. <laughs> uh, I don't know what to say. I feel bad for Wardlow is the best thing that I could come up with this. Sure. Because posts, you know, beating up MJF and emancipating himself from that whole entire situation. The sure. storyline that we got before he left for injury, I thought was great. And we were turning him babyface, and then he has come back. And then the whole entire MJS cinematic universe for like three months, he kept threatening to hurt Max didn't really do much of anything. And then he's like, yeah, we're, Oh my gosh, he was part of the crew. I was like, no, he wasn't. Don't lie to me. I was like, you just threw don't me here. Lie to me. I was like, don't lie to me. You just there needed were, you needed, there were plenty you, of- you needed you needed a big boy to fit into this group. And unfortunately, uh Powerhouse House is being pimped out to Don Callis and the family. So but there were plenty of that. fan theories that it was Wardlow all along. 
They, it that only happened. became Wardlow all along because everyone clocked that it was Wardlow. I'm like, you can't hide that big boy and anything no, tight no. like that. It I was, was like, and that was like a couple long. weeks before the reveal. But yeah, Commander, I got worried for him because I was like, oh, he's about to get tossed and like you said, Professor, almost landing on his head. What was that helicoptery thing? Just sort of disregard of human life. Just boo! And poor commander's like, I can't stop. I don't know, man. This match didn't click with me on so many parts, but then also, you know, with the report that he is that Wardlow is injured, I'm like, well, and I hate to say this, and I don't want to sound mean when I say this, but if it was gonna happen to somebody, this is the most expendable member you have of this faction because not to say that Wardlow's not important but he's not important in the grand scheme of things because eventually it's Adam Cole's gonna win that championship when he's ready Roddy's going after Orange the kingdom is your ROH tag team championships and Wardlow is just Wardlow I love I love my I love Wardlow I really really do but in the grand scheme of things he's just chump change in the storyline which is sad to say and it's hard when it's sort of a line. We've talked about this too, where it's a combination of personality, booking and talent and not, and it's just never right place, right time sort of stuff. And then injuries don't help. Uh, you know, you got to learn the dryer settings too, because sometimes your clothes don't fit. If you do that too many times, uh, it's a shame. Jesus. Uh, I, you know, we'll, we'll see what yeah. comes of it. Yeah. But as the, as it ends here, uh, Commanders in the ring getting beat up by the rest of the uh, Undisputed Kingdom. And Orange Cassidy and the best friends run out to save him. And uh, they get the standoff with Roddy. And Roddy is trying to take out Commander. And then he's not going to touch Orange Cassidy at all. And this is a convoluted story that seems to be they don't know how to write it or run it or anything else. And it's, <laughs> it's just kind of also. Gee, you yeah. think? Oh, my gosh. Let me tell you something. Hold on. We're, we're about to go to war real quick. Oh, that's right. Ward low. Okay, here we go. Ladies and gentlemen, the writer's hat. All right. So (laughs) we're going to run this play-by-play real quick. As I pick up my picture of my grandma that fell. Oh, grandma. Grandma, no. No, it's okay. You can hold grandma as you speak. That's fine. No, I don't want her to hear what I'm about to say. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So let's break this down, shall we? So the writing trope and the script that we're using, so to speak, for Roddy's motivation and his character, it's like, I'm going to fight you, Orin Cassidy, but I'm not going to come, you know, I'm going to fight you, but not really, because I'm going to basically just avoid you the whole entire time. And I'm looking at my clock and I'm like, so this is what we're going to be doing for six weeks. All right, let's see if we can make it interesting. Then this happened. I was like, ooh, stare down. Are we going to go to blows? No. Roll out the ring. I'm like, so, AEW, let me just put this out here. You are do going the long about way to just make Roddy the scaredy cat heel. Like, he is chicken-ish, so to speak. Like, if that's what we're doing to build him to this Orange Cassidy feud, then just let him be a scaredy cat. Which I think, in hindsight, would be the funniest thing that Roddy is completely terrified of Orange Cassidy, and Orange Cassidy doesn't have to do much. You could just like stare at him with the glasses, or even take the glasses off, and then that's enough. I think that'd be gold. But you're doing this convoluted thing yeah. <laughs> into building this feud, and I'm sitting here. I'm like, so is this what we're getting for the next four weeks? Because if that's the case, 
I need AEW to go back to the drawing board because uh, maybe Roddy wasn't the right person to put in this situation. Sure. At and least write something better for yes. him to make me care. This is and, boring. Yeah, yeah. And, and jumping off of that, and, and JVL, I think, will feel the same way. Coming from a theater and acting place, once you took away that obstacle that Roddy had, he got weaker in a way. Having the neck brace gave him something to fight against and sort of... It was his ultimate power. Right. (laughs) I don't want to define, but he sort of put an identity behind that and he had a reason to keep going. If he went full chicken-ish, like you're saying, yeah, that would absolutely work here. But this It it gives him a dimension. Yes, there's a complexity and something... There's a lack of depth with this thing. I was just like... Do I think the match at Revolution is going to be a banger? Absolutely, because I know sure. Roddy's in-ring stuff is amazing, yeah. but you got to make me care about the feud and the storyline, which and, has been AEW's biggest problem. Yep. Well, it's and, also Roddy's problem because in, in his entire career, he's been a workhorse. He's basically, as we said before, the new Dean Malenko. He can't carry a promo because he's never given anything to hold on to until that neck brace, but he can wow you in the ring. I, and even even his jokes falling flat of just yelling names, Commander, is not working because it's not the, cute anymore. <laughs> it's not it's like, not truthful anymore. I yeah. don't believe it anymore. And he lost that sense of truth when he was when he was third wheel in that MJF thing. I know we kind of talked about them. It started to work. It was like, oh, you have something to push against. There's a reason we're here. Even with the revealing of the devils, like I was willing to buy it. I think he's floundering a little bit here. Yeah. To find the grounding of who and why and what, oh, and that's tough to see. And again, I'm not in the writer's room. I can't help you workshop. Right. That. It's crazy to me that you have Mike Bennett and Matt Taven who are known to ooze charisma anytime they get on the mic. And then these are the two that you're not having talk at all, which is really, sure. really weird. To well, me. You know, like, pecking orders and all that stuff. Yeah, I guess. Well, and then if we want to look at it also. This is kind of a, a sick little booking thing about this, but if Wardlow's hurt his knee now, Cole's in a boot, Roddy had the neck thing, why didn't the kingdom get hurt? They should all just be hurt. And then hurt that's everybody. their gimmick, is that they're, they're working hurt, basically, and they're still kicking people's butts. I guess. This is a handicap. Handicap match. Everyone gets a parking space. Yeah, I, well, it, I think it's it's tough. <laughs> I think there's well, different speaking, ways they could shift that. Speaking of handicaps and parking all right, what too, too soon? Too soon? Well, no, not too soon because we're going to talk about a certain geriatric wrestler that we all love in this next segment. That's true. Yeah, someone who definitely probably has that going on there as we come up to a promo uh, about the Tag Team Championship where Ricky Starks has asked for this sit-down with him and Big Bill to talk to Darby Allin and Sting, and no one's allowed to touch each other. There can't be any physicality. That's one of the things set up by Renee. Oh, touchy. (laughs) And this was... Ricky makes a promo. Darby gets angry. Everyone forgets Bill's in the room. Bill starts to talk and shouldn't. Sting then says, okay, I'll run down the whole thing again so all the people in the back that can hear it, including my elderly fans, can figure it out. And we get mad. There, There's exactly what happened. That's exactly what happened. And like well, we were just talking, <laughs> As we were just talking, like having no charisma, nothing to fight against. None of them have any, they're not invested in this at all. The no. only one who's really selling this is Sting. Which is saying I, something. What is Bill was trying and he couldn't do it. I th- see. I think the reason that it's hard for anyone to be invested in this is because the way we got here was kind of garbage in the sense because yeah. of what has been going on with a certain person we're going to talk about later. 
Poor Rick. Listen, I've been saying this for weeks. Ricky Starks deserves better, and he's been trying. But again, I feel that this whole entire run that he's had with these tag titles, he just wants it to be done and over with so he he can go do something else in terms of storyline for AEW because he's over this. And you can tell he doesn't like being a part of the storyline. I don't like this storyline for Ricky Starks. It's funny. Like, Ricky Starks nailed Darby with that water bottle. Just perfect. Dead on younger brother. Boom. Right in the face. Darby gets right up to him as close as possible. And that weird, like, I'm not going to touch you. I'm not going to touch you. Like, right. You smell pretty. Thing. <laughs> and it's, I was, I'm trying not to laugh because it's just so, you can't touch me. What you going to do? Mm. And for anyone who's been that close, it's kind of funny when you don't touch it. Yeah, I don't know. It's weird. There was something just strange about it. Sting did a good job at the end of sort of bookending this, I feel. Big Bill, I wish they just gave Bill a chance to uh, get reps in. It seems like every time he's doing it brand new for the first time, and that's unfortunate. I don't even fault him anymore. Oh, well, we we, we kind of took that. I, I don't want to go much deeper into it than we have to because then we're getting into the thing that ticked most people off, including Ugh. us, of the night. We moved on. All of a sudden, Chris Jericho's on our TV screen again, and they're turning down the booze in the AEW room because people are singing his song, and they're cutting the people via camera, but you're hearing the booze all over the place, and he's soaking it up as he takes on Ring of Honor's TV champion, Kyle Fletcher, as part of the Don Callis family. Yeah, I'm watching the intro now, and you can see the first two rows of people all fired up. Back and beyond, there are fingers down, and there was a giant sign across about like six or seven people just boo when he was up. Anytime he was on camera, it was yeah. I can't show it because demonetization. Yeah, there's a lot of fingers of various degrees (laughs) all over the place too. I, I was keying in on it. I wanted to hear the booze and I kind of did. And then it definitely feels like some editing was happening here. Yep. And I, I never want to, okay. Me as a bald man sitting in a chair, not a specimen of, of athleticism whatsoever. Chris Jericho looks like Chris Jericho has had a month. Chris Jericho looks still had the cardio to finish this out, still sold and did all the work, but it looks like his body is giving out on him a chunk. More so than two years ago when they were giving him grief. And I kind of remember like, hey, give him, you know, don't let's not jump on him too much. He'll get there. And it was still like, oh, man. So you're saying that Jericho should take some time off, go away, maybe let us miss him for a bit if we're still into him, that type of thing, instead of wrestling all the time and sucking the life out of everything here and taking away the shine of your Ring of Honor TV champion who didn't need to lose to him for any reason. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. The, the, where's my hat? Ladies and gentlemen, this is the... I don't have well, it depends on the hat. I don't know which corner this, this is. I'm doing this. This, this is, is the, the Dear Diary. This, this is, is the Daria Dear Diary moment. This, this is the live journal version. <laughs> the live journal version. So, we've been saying for weeks, Jericho... One, shouldn't be on the TV until all these allegations are cleared up. Two, no one wants him there because he's been boring and just sucking the life out of every match he's in. And three, he's been somehow dragging every good person that we have on the roster into this 
quagmire of losing to him and losing any momentum they've had for the last year to set Jericho up for what? Uh, One, if you wanted the Don Callis family, who's also been sucked into this, to be a part of this, and I don't like throwing people under the bus, put him in against Hobbs. Hobbs is part of the AEW roster. He's expendable in this situation because you're not going to put Takeshita up against him. Why are you feeding your ROH champion to this and then taking the shine off that title? This is the problem AEW's been having with all the ROH stuff where, like we said, even in another one coming up, you've got ROH stars that are doing well in ROH, losing on AEW all the time. It makes no sense whatsoever. Second, Kyle Fletcher, beyond the fact that he's a freaking champion, has been showing night in and night out. He is one of the most explosive, dynamic, and amazing performers to watch in the company. And he tried his best to carry Jericho in this match. And yet you still have a schmoz finish because you don't trust Fletcher to do his job. You have a schmoz finish because Jericho can't lose clean. And then on top of that, you're taking this great offense that Jericho can't sell because he's either brained or too tired. As you saw everything he was getting hit with, he was just wobbling around on his feet. Yeah. It degrades the product on top of the fact that the guy doing it is an alleged pretty much sex offender. Like what is wrong here? WWE got it somewhat right. They kicked out two of them and one of them isn't back for a while based on allegations. What are you doing? AEW? Yeah. No more Jaron Ope. He needs to go away. Let him yeah. sleep. Put him up like Rip Fred Winkle for 10 years. Was there a gong as you said that? Yes. <laughs> I am angry about this as an ROH fan. I'm angry about this as a fan. Oh, uh, no. You, you summoned the gods when you did that. That was fantastic. <laughs> no, I agree. And I, I, I hope you don't take my indifference as being complicit i absolutely agree with you i was just sort of like ah, oh, man what are we doing here i think if it, it also kind of speaks to the manipulation of chris jericho i wonder if he's just manipulated all these younger wrestlers into hey let me put you over but i'm gonna win sort of thing and because it keeps happening keeps happening and, yep. and you and now that what we're hearing and what's coming out it's like oh yeah i absolutely i can absolutely see how it's hey you just gotta wrestle me and I'll I'll make you look strong, and we'll just I will put me over because my storyline this, and then but it just waters down so much stuff, like you're saying. I absolutely agree, Mikey. You watch ROH enough with us. Are you on board here too? <sighs> All right. Well. Oh no. <laughs> NXT Mikey's coming out. Uh, All right. Well, Chris Jericho didn't learn his lesson the first time we talked about this. So now I got to, I got to get ghetto and channel my inner, my inner tile Valkyrie. La Hueda Loca is about to come out. Do I see blonde hair there? Here we go. Hola, carnal. (sighs) Orale. Yeah. Uh huh. We here at the Biconics don't affiliate with any gangs. We promise. No. Except Anywho. our own of nine. Except okay. our own of nine. And we will we will meet you in the street with cookies. <laughs> like we want to have we want to talk wrestling. We're we're good peoples. But somebody who's not, Chris Jericho. So you didn't learn your lesson the first time. So let, let me explain this one more time. Whether it be Tony, Khan, whether it be whoever else is backstage right now. I need you all to take a serious look at the situation that you are currently finding yourself in. You have 
Chris Jericho, by all intents and purposes, outside of the allegations, to me is just a complete douche. <laughs> like, he's always carried himself that way, and that has been a big turnoff for me ever since, you know, w- even WWE days. And then you throw these allegations into the mix where you have multiple, you know, female and young talent wrestlers come out to talk about how Jericho has had them sign NDAs, allegedly, and things of that nature. Regardless if these have any factual substantiary, if they turn out to be true, if they turn out to be not, that's not the point here. Uh We here at the Biconics obviously stand with the victims. We are going to believe them. And because it's just horrible and we've seen it way too many times always happening to wrestlers, whether they be men or women. But the fact of the matter is, if you just put that to the side from a human resource and a PR perspective, you continue to put someone who is in the mire of scandal and controversy right now. and. I get it. He's one of your top stars because he's been here since the very beginning. But at some point, you need to look at it because unlike WWE all these years, AEW fans, while they might be blind to certain things, we're not stupid. In fact, wrestling fans in this day and age, most of us are not stupid anymore. Like... I said most of us. There are a few select I was people. Say most of us. There's a lot of. <laughs> yeah, there's there's a lot of really dumb folks who are going to defend really stupid stuff. But the majority of your fandom is telling you that Chris needs to go away and figure out what's going on behind the scenes, do an investigation, and if it's going to take longer than it is, get him off of television because then you can avoid. One of your biggest critiques right now where you're slowly becoming a nursing home and a rehab center for older wrestlers and stars who have been ousted, you know, because they've reached their peak at other companies and now they're finishing off into the sunset here in AEW. You have way too many and it's becoming the WWE problem where your top stars right now are all in their late 30s, early 40s and you have such a pool of younger talent, like under 30 years old. But more importantly, Ring of Honor is your sister company and you want to treat it with the dignity and respect, according to you, to get that over. You cannot keep using Ring of Honor talent, especially your champions, in order to feed them to your AEW talent. Especially someone like Chris Jericho. Kyle Fletcher had no reason to be in this match. And as much as I hate to say it, Powerhouse Hobbs is on your active AEW roster. You could have fed Hobbs to Jericho if you really wanted to. And I know we're supposed to be meant to hate the Don Callis family and we hate Takeshita. But I'm hoping that Takeshita runs Jericho and dog walks him up and down the ring next week. That's how to the point and sick and disgusted and tired of having to see Jarrah NDA on my screen. He needs to lose. He needs to go away. And AEW, you really seriously need to look internally into fixing some issues because if you continue to be a problem, 
It's going to come and bite you in the butt. And I don't care if you got lots of money to throw at to kind of keep this quiet and to keep this, you know, from being a bigger thing than it has to be. Grow some cojones. Be, you know, a business about it. And don't care if Jericho is your top star. Justice needs to be served. Due process needs to happen. And if you are not going to do that, Tony Khan, I mean, you can put a lipstick on a pig as much as you want. But if you continue to let this happen, I'm going to start calling you Vincent Kennedy McMahon from here on out. So, Tony, get it together. And that is going to be it for my TED Talk, because if I keep going, we're going to get demonetized. So that is where I stand. So let's move on from that then, because this entire thing took up a bunch of this. It's been ridiculous. Uh, we'll go on to a promo that we actually enjoyed. Uh, Deanna Parazzo is out there. Uh, promo mm-hmm. about just kind of her process there. And again, about Tony Storm's tattoo and all the great stuff with that. It really got me to know Deanna a lot better, which I enjoyed. And I'm really kind of rooting for her to kind of run through and beat Tony Storm, though I don't think she's going to. Uh, I It got me really interested in a match between those two. Absolutely. Um, my fear, and I hope this doesn't happen, is that we have some sort of angle where Deanna beats tony and then tony comes back to normal like this was all a dream sort of thing where it's sort of oh i'm not sure what was going on but you knocked the sense back into me thing i really don't hope we go for that trope i really hope this tony storm lasts as long as humanly possible because i'm biased and i'm having a blast watching it i i have a feeling these two would work are gonna work great together they already yeah. have like there's matches yes. in the past and there's there's clips on the instagram that that are surfacing and stuff i think this is the history we needed uh i'm excited about it yeah. And Mike, you've known this history for a while. You've had a, a good kind of view of it. This is the one time that main roster Dynamite AEW has gotten me invested in a good woman's feud. See, you guys, it's not that hard to write feuds for your women's division. No. Speak to history. Show me a little speak honesty. Truth. Go. Yeah, speak the truth and go. Yeah. And look, baby, like, Babyface Deanna is one of my favorite versions of her. I love her as the virtuosa heel, but I love it even more when Deanna gets to play Babyface because she is at her best promo-wise when she is a face because this girl has been run through the ringer. And, you know, if you know, you know where she has been in terms of wrestling companies for being told in NXT, she ain't going to make it and then not utilizing her. Then holding it down for like four or five years as one of the cornerstones of the knockouts division in TNA. And then to kind of be shot put against to get a feud with Tony this early into being there. It's just a testament of how good Deanna is both in ring and on the mic, too. I'm so excited. And I'm sure it's it's, yeah, it's going to be I'm sure Tony also leveraging like, hey, it's it's Deanna. Like I want Deanna. <laughs> I yeah, want her in yeah. on this. I want her like vouching for her for sure. So and, good. And, it, and it worked and it's it's gonna be great. I'm really excited. Same. Uh we go from that to while it was a fun promo and a fun kind of way to set up a couple of things, it didn't need to be on the show. No, I there love was the no reason for gang, but yeah, this did not need to be here. Cause and yes, this- we got we got the debut of juice box on our screens, and yes. that's about it. <laughs> She's bored. <laughs> yeah, this these bored thing. This just got longer and longer. This almost felt like high school kids when they don't have a group project and you just say, here, go. And then they just start doing this thing. And the only one who knows their lines is Billy Gunn. Like, that's it. <laughs> it's, 
everyone else just kind of the gun has to corral all the children with the acclaim and the guns and to a certain extent (laughs) jay white as well this is family weekend at college where your improv team that's been rehearsing goes on with the professor and the professor is like okay we're playing these games all right who forgot where we're going here come on oh yeah and and they just butchered (laughs) every single lead in like oh man yeah that was hard It was. I, I, we could. I don't know if we should want to hang out here too long, but it no, was. We like, do okay. not. God, we do not. Tighten the this turn's going to be amazing when it happens eventually down the line. But I'm here sure. for bang bang sure. scissor gang. Sure. But yeah, do you know not? why I don't want to hang out there that long, though, Professor? Is not because of timing or anything else. It's because we went from that kind of collision of weird things to someone who knows how to run the truth of their gimmick in the best possible way as mm-hmm. Tony Storm comes out to be on commentary. When I see Tony Storm's going to yeah. be on commentary, this is my favorite part of the night. Yes. <sighs> Hands down. Whether the match is He's good right. or not, this is going to be perfect because but she does not drop the gimmick. It is so perfect. good. But this match, though, you guys, oh, yeah. this match. He's out there for Deanna Parazzo versus Taya Valkyrie, which, I, as I said in the, in the other thing, you had Taya Valkyrie on an ROH staple who's winning all the time, loses to Parazzo, but in a wonderful way that didn't make her look too bad. They worked each other to the bone. For oh, this. absolutely. Their, their and, character shine, the technical yeah. stuff was there. And, and of course, Tony Storm on the mic was is just... Well, hysterical. That's so we want to talk about the match a little bit because we're going to get to the highlights, which was Tony Storm and the highlights sure, of what she sure, talked sure, about. Sure, so sure, sure, sure. Taya knew how to keep the energy up. She was really helping Deanna look even stronger, putting her in the arms that were hurting, that type mm-hmm. of thing. Utilizing Johnny TV on the outside to the point where they were making out at one point as you go into camera, you know, yeah, picture in picture. Like, we're it's going just, to picture in picture. Whoo! <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god! I love the TVs. I love them so much. And and then we talk about like Taya's finisher being brutal now, where she does the whole like you know uh, uh, Shania Payne thing, where she slams the face into the mat. Mm-hmm. That basically is where Deanna had her with both her arms all the way wrenched back up in a, a like a standing Venus Ooh, to Milo, so and good wrenching sure. on the back. It was brutal and looking to have looking her. at Tony while yes. doing it. Oh, it was here. such a beautiful Boom. And then we have that from color into black and white when we pan over like, oh, yep. look at the drama here. But now yeah. that we've talked about that, let's discuss our favorite part. Tony Storm <laughs> cracking up the entire booth here. I mean, Professor, do you want to cut, Mikey, do you have a couple lines that you enjoyed there that, that came out of this? Oh, Not the- so much the lines, but the her facial expressions the entire <laughs> match. Especially like when the TVs were making out, and she's just like, <laughs> oh my god, my god, Tony Schiavone, who does your makeup? Anton LaVey. <laughs> what? For anyone who doesn't get that joke, just type that in casually into Google and have a good time. I also love when Tony Storm was just like, where <laughs> she confused Tony Schiavone with Ian Riccoponi. What happened you know, to you? Looked like you, to you? It looked like you sucked on a mango or some sort of weird. Like, what did you say? Literally, I think it was Deanna had Taya on the apron and was rearing her against it. And at the time she was up, Tony's going, I was going to tell Taya to, you know, tits up for this entire thing. But it seems she already got the memo. Oh, man. All the the heads up plays were great. Uh, We all know that that Excalibur is Sean Mooney, which is a throwback to old school WWE in the 80s and 90s. And you just hear the whole all three of them just go. And you can hear microphones moving. You can hear them falling out of the chair. Taz doesn't know what to say. 
Excalibur's well, dying. I don't think Excalibur said anything again. And when they cut back, yeah. you see him just like, <laughs> what do I even do? You could tell I, that he's turning red in the face behind that mask. Oh my god! I honestly love also because Tony timed it perfectly. Taz was about to go on like a rant that made no sense oh. with anything going on, and he goes, "Mr. Taz, Tasmaniac, I did have one thing I wanted to let you know. I found out this week. It's pronounced souple. Oh, I thought it was the uh, human duplex machine, but apparently I'm the human souple machine. Yes, it's souple, as in we play around with our soup. Yeah. It's wonderful." And then he's like, I own a lot of duplays, like trying to just dig on it. But like, she's, oh my yeah, God. No, just don't, Taz. Just be quiet. Just, she she ran the booth. She's a perfect. good foil for this. Anybody out there looking to try to get their character across and also have fun with it. If you play it to the hilt on commentary, not just angry like, I'm better than you, but in this certain way where you're just weirdly just dropping character yeah. hints the entire time, that's how you make it work. I think... And this is my hope and my theory. Mm -hmm. I think that she is getting and will be so good at this. It's quite possible, at least in my opinion, and I'm putting this out there. She might be one of the first AEW stars to jump to film and TV work. The way she's doing this, the way she's living in character and playing this up, it's going to start speaking to writers and casting directors in a different way. And it might not be big marquee things at first, but it's not too dissimilar from you could you know the rock going on SNL or some of these other things where it's like, yeah, you're super talented at this. And if that happens, she's gonna blow up and we'll never see her again. But never. If I had to put my if I had to hedge a bet, I think she she could make that jump because she's got the timing, she's got the attitude for it, and she can live honestly in goofy circumstances. Oh, she's she'd be great. She's having fun. Unlike the folks in our next promo, uh, where you know, by the end of this, this was the other backstage with Nicholas and Matthew uh, trying to get Darby to come to their side. But like, you're not making enough. Sting is such a leech on your career. Obviously, you should come over to our thing. We'll be a well. All three of us will go out and win a bunch of titles and such. Why? Why? Although Renee, Renee selling this that she had to say certain lines was perfect. <laughs> well, yeah, that, that was kind of funny. Yeah, Renee was very pointed in her responses, and wow. I support it. <laughs> like. I did like, laugh. I have at to say this, but I'm going to tell you how I actually feel through it. <laughs> I did laugh at the we ha- we also had a goth phase. Maybe we could do a thi- thing like that was okay. That was a funny line. All right, that that squeaked through. I think Darby, Darby- just did not want to be there, and I felt no. for Darby in this. I'm like, I don't want to be here either, Darby. But we have to we have to kind of put up with this. But that's how it came off. It didn't come off as I'm actually focused on my match. It came off as I'm saying this so I can leave because I hate it. Like that's just how it read. And okay, so like maybe this is just a minor nitpick for me, but if you're going to be these EVP characters and you're going to kind of pull the story beat of like, hey, the person you're with is sucking the life out of you, I would have believed it if you went to someone like, mm, I don't know. Let's say that now this is just a scenario and this is no in shape, way, or form actually happening. But let's say that for some odd reason, we got the story we were supposed to with Sammy Guevara and Jericho. Uh-huh. I would have believed this more if we saw Jericho just be a leech on Sammy and then the Young Bucks come to Sammy and be like, hey, man. And then Sammy thinking about it, it's like, yeah, I would believe that because we have seen examples of, you know, X, Y, and Z of Sammy being mistreated, not being taken yeah. seriously. You know, his glory's getting stole. You can't say that same thing about Stings. If anything, Steam has been a team player for Darby. 
Like literally pairing Sting and Darby up has been one of the best things that AEW has done. And you there I mean, I'm pretty sure there might be some skeletons in Sting's closet, but at least from what we've seen on AEW television and the way that the locker room talks about him backstage, you can't make me narratively give me a reason to right. hate Sting. It's Sting. Right. It's say it like Charlie, come on. Yeah, I was gonna say. Yeah, I agree. It just comes off sort of false to me. And then we can talk. And again, it's sort of hinting at the premise that we've all had. It's sort of like, yeah, you've become a, an old folks home to eat the youth of our the next generation sort of thing. But Sting has not done that from the beginning. So I agree with you. Yeah. Uh, well, the nice part is at least uh, we got through that relatively quickly. We didn't have to have a blow up afterward because we get to our final match of the night, which is the other dealer's choice match. But first, Samoa Joe is down on commentary trying to cheer on the folks destroying the people he knows he's going to end up with. And honestly, even with this match and something else and the promo afterwards, I was like, I know we're coming to another match between Swerve and Hangman, but wouldn't a triple threat for the title be even more engaging with these two in certain ways? So, I think okay. not to... Yeah. Yeah, I I think it could be. I think they could do it better than another promotion did just a few days ago. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Oh my god! <laughs> you I think people he, owe me. I, I, oh, that's right. You were there all by yourself. I'm sorry. I I think it could, and a part of me kind of wants that. Part of me also wants the clean buttoned up. These two deserved it, and then we have one, and then. But I know if that happens, then that one will interfere and cause an issue. Like I could see it coming this way. I think a triple threat would be fun. A triple threat, triple threat hardcore parking lot thing. A triple threat stipulation, something, something. Maybe I don't hate either. What's hard is I. These matches that mean something always have someone interfere in a way that's like, yeah, but now, and this one fell to the mm. same, fell into the same trope, which we haven't set up. The match ended up being the dealer's choice was, as we all knew, Swerve taking on Rob Van Dam, and then the twist or the swerve on Swerve was Adam Page said, "You didn't read the fine print. We also get to choose the type of match." It's a hardcore match, and I exploded. I'm like, Rob Van Dam is going to do a hardcore match, and it lived up, at least for the first half, to old ECW standards as yeah. much as they could. It Absol was insane. It was hysterical. It was a hardcore match, and then the chest pass of the chair. <laughs> Boom. Like, oh, it's over. Let's go home. That the headshots of chairs in this thing were disturbing. Oh, they hurt. I, I love that Rob Van Dam has is getting it back the more reps he's been getting in. Those first few matches we saw, we were a little hesitant and like, oh, I hope he's okay. Oh, I hope he can pull this through. Dude knocking rust off left and right. Like it he felt much younger. St still can do a whole match, has every roll, every kick. Uh that weird roll into a spear into a the sequence, right? That was a somersault. No, I can't remember what that was. Robin Dan had a somersault. There was a hint. Was that what? Is that what I'm thinking? Hang on. Maybe I can. Where find he rolls it. and then he does the senton on him, basically. When yeah, the there was sun. a rolling senton, and then Swerve did something and reversed it, and then maybe got a. I don't know. There were some really cool sequences in there. The two of them were on it. Is what I'm trying to say. They they were really technically going back and forth, really, really beautifully. It was a lot of fun. Nice, Mikey. What would you think? I thought this match was fun. I did enjoy it, and. <sighs> The yeah. match is the match is fun. 
But I came after the match was done. I was just like, this is a little clunky. And then I have a little bit of issue because once again, I feel like AEW just written themselves in a corner, which we can dissect in a little bit. But I want to focus on the match itself first. Sure. I thought this was a fun match. As Professor said, the more reps that RVD gets in, I think he looks great. The fact that he still gets to wrestle at his age right now, I was like, that's amazing. I yeah. like. I was concerned, but I was also laughing really hard. I don't know why, like when the sudden like it's that weird, like timing comedic bit. The bell rings and bam, chair shot to the face, like just <laughs> full on chucked it at Swerve. Hardcore I was like, match. I don't know why this made. I was like, I don't know why this made me laugh, but I like stuff like that because yeah. it's just like, oh snap, I'm in a hardcore match. Turn around, ding. <laughs> like, yeah. Well, and he got his he got it back later on when he did the Swerve Daminator right to his face where he chucked the chair at him and then kicked him in the, in the head. <laughs> also, shout out to Swerve for, you know, still making his like Swerve stomps really vicious, but also being like the most lightest touch ever sure. as well. Yeah. Camera people, we need to fix that because I was like, you totally caught Swerve not even hitting RVD, yeah. but because they're both professionals, RVD sold that thing like he just got stomped to hell. Well, he sold it, but Swerve also took like an hour and a half to do the RV yeah. thing. And poor Rob M. Den's there, like, look at me, I'm woozy. I'm woozy. Oh no, I'm showing off my core I'm, strength. I'm woozy. <laughs> and then finally was like, fuck you, let's go. Sorry, you gotta cut that out. Let me go back. And was finally It wasn't me this time. Sorry, I'll jump back. I apologize, John. Let me do that again. I'm woozy. I'm woozy. <laughs> And then just all of a sudden, I don't know where does this double bird. I hate you because it took so long. Was, that that looked like more frustration to me. Like I get it, you're making fun of me. Could you stomp on my face, please? Uh, <laughs> I'm waiting for it. I mean, yeah, I was like I'm here. I'm here. Boom. That's in this thing. Swerve wins. Now I want to talk about what I really had issue with. This promo afterwards is very clunky. Stop well, doing promos after matches. Sorry. Exactly. Sorry. I was like, we don't need it. We really don't. You can have this at the beginning of the match. And then I'm sitting here. I'm like, hey, man, why do you sound more Winton than Swerve does right now? Like, what happened? Like, you didn't even participate in the match. You that's not him being wind That's not him being winded. He's trying to talk through the mustache, and it's just blowing the air out. So <laughs> get a Zoidberg. It's like, <laughs> I was just going to say, <laughs> leave the market on it. Yeah. <laughs> so basically, like. Sorry, I don't want to steal JVL's thunder here, but we're I was not expecting these two to face for a number one contendership match literally next week. It's get we're getting this next week. And I'm just sitting here and I'm just like, I don't know how I feel about this. And let me explain why. In my head, if you really want to tell a good story, again, unfortunately, somehow Swerve loses to his number one contendership spot. But I feel that Joe versus Hangman only should be at Revolution. It should. I don't want to see this triple threat anytime. Like, I mean, I would love to see the triple threat at Revolution, but I think from a storyline perspective, like progression, I'm like, we're getting to this triple threat really, really quickly. And so while the triple threat might be good and it is a possibility to protect Swerve in that triple threat so he doesn't have to take the pin, I don't like. I can smell the schmas finish happening next week. Like that's the only legit way sure. we're going to get a triple or, threat at revolution at this. Or point. is it a draw? They now, do. Now if draw. we get a draw though, I would be okay with it. 
But I smell a schmoz finish coming from a mile away. And this would be a great time if they had that manager trope or that whoever in charge trope to really lean on and be like, I'm going to get you. If they had an Adam Pierce here, if they had some sort of character to weave these together, mm-hmm. I think that wouldn't solve all these problems, but it would solve a few. And in something like this, we could actually lean on it and you could buy more time going into a bigger event. That's my take. Part of I see both sides of this one. Uh, I could go either way. I think this yeah. is a tough. Again, you had this match, which was great, and then here go cut this promo. Yeah, no, yeah, we don't need to do promos. See, here's my biggest pro- promos yeah. to end the night are always suspect, right? Like really hard, and and that could be a host of things. I guess it is. Well, it- Matt is trying to put a button on a comedy scene. Like you're, you're now instead of doing action, you have to talk something into being an amazing way to end your story. Yeah, and that's much harder to do than a great match where you walk away from it and someone's bleeding on the mat and you point at them and laugh and you, you know, flex whatever you need to do. And this is, this is a tough one to do. And when you have one scene partner who's just literally physically exerted themselves, <laughs> exactly. and the other one doesn't have enough wind to get through his own facial hair, you can't. <laughs> make it legible or like you know at least no. like watch and again like i was alluding to i'm so afraid that aew has written themselves into another corner with all this because there are two possible paths here path number one based on what we've given so far is the one that i'm more okay with hangman and swerve either ends in a schmaz or a draw next week we get a triple threat at revolution joe pins hangman which then protects swerve and I think Swerve should take the title from Joe at double or nothing. Now, the second path I have seen surface and rear its ugly head in line, and I don't want it. Swerve beats Hangman because we're 2-0. and oh. Swerve has 2-0 and oh up on Hangman every time they cross paths. Swerve wins only for him to lose at Revolution is the path I do not want to see. And if that ends up happening, the little faith that I have left in AEW is going to be all thrown out the window because... Swerve needs that title, and I like Path A better, where it takes a little, Swerve a little bit longer, but winning it at double or nothing would be great. And then he holds on to that thing to lose it to Will Ospreay at all in. <laughs> yeah, but we've said this here a few times, and we can end it on this note. Like, if it, but makes, if it makes, sense, makes sense, they're not, they're not gonna, gonna do it. it. <laughs> it's not gonna happen. But in that in that vein, that's kind of what tonight's show was. It didn't make sense. They did it anyways. <laughs> They did what they could, and we got it there. So, uh, in that light, <laughs> gentlemen, what were your empanada ratings of AEW this evening? Trying to get through and parsing, like pulling it apart and looking at the what entrails we got this time. Oh, oh wow! Going full reading of the yeah, I, out of ten empanadas, ugh. Some of the good matches were really, really good. The not good matches were really, really rough and and hard to watch and hard to disassociate everything going around Jericho oh, no, it was obviously very easy and... to dissociate because you just didn't want to watch it <laughs> it took me a while to watch this one ladies and gentlemen it took me a while to come back to it I checked out a few times I yeah if we if I'm reserving one two and three for injuries and total mishaps then I'm I mean, this was sort of, a, it should be way higher. This isn't that five for me, five, almost six. Like, makes eh, sense. Eh, I wanted, makes I want, sense. I want to do way more for you. But what if, if the Diana Barazzo, Taya Valkyrie, and Tony Storm did not happen, this is a four out of 10. 
that's easily. saying something right there. Right, like the women bought some points to this, and there should be way more women, and we take points away from the women, and blah, 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 blah. Mike, can go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> okay, this is going to be easy for me. This is four and a half. <laughs> sure, sure. Plain and simple. There you go. Plain and simple, simple and clean, <laughs> like all the Kingdom Hearts, but this felt like a filler episode, which Kingdom is really Hearts. weird to say. This felt like a filler episode, and I don't know how we go from last week, which was more, you know, action-packed, to yeah. this week, which was very fillery. I don't know what happened to the whole entire locker room. Like, did the measles break out? Did, like, did, so, like, did, did someone do a Taco Bell run, and then everybody got sick? Did someone, <laughs> you know what it was? And I know, I can, I know what it was. Somebody, somebody specifically a white wrestler thought it'd be a good idea to give cold chorizo to everybody and they all got sick we all know you do not give cold chorizo out because you will get the runs and that is what happened to the majority of this locker room that ate that chorizo man i'm glad you have such a a wonderful uh, insight into the AEW locker room mikey so that, that's why it's a four and a half because basically they got the runs this well, week on cold chorizo <laughs> no but like it's when you, know, you know what that means it's cold chorizo how did you know be, my cmll nickname cold chorizo <laughs> i'm gonna be completely honest here had diana and taya's match not happened this oh. night i would have gave this a two because yeah. it, bo- it was that boring and just the writing made no flipping sense half the time I no. know that we're continuing to build to a revolution. And I got to tip my hat off somewhat. You're trying, Tony Khan. You're trying, AEW. And, you know, at least we got some matches announced weeks in advance instead of the day before. But they're not good. They are it, bland yeah. at best yeah. and god-awful at its worst. I thought the MJF Cinematic Universe was bad between October and December, leading all the way to World's End. I need AEW to start picking it up. I'm excited for Revolution, but my biggest fear is I'm noticing the same pattern that we got last year. And if they make double or nothing, which is supposed to be like the big of the big four for AEW, boring as all hell like they did Mm. last year. Uh Uh-huh. I may have to reconsider buying pay-per-views from them for a bit. I was like, mm, I don't know. Wow. But yeah, had Taya and Deanna not been out here between some questionable writing decisions, backstage promos that didn't make a lick of sense, some weird mm. matches that got thrown together, but specifically the protection of a certain wrestler and the allegations that they're dealing with as somebody who mm-hmm. has had a, uh, hit close to home when it comes to that type of stuff mm-hmm. appreciate sure. how we're handling it and i don't care if i call it, get called a shill if i get told to get over it no i was just like we got to treat this like a business like we any that like any other promotion should there is an hr department for a reason so four and a half yeah. out of ten empanadas for this one do better mm-hmm. i wholeheartedly agree mikey i'm also at four and a half out of five for all the reasons said before and with the women's match we take that point off so Four and a half out of five is kind of the standard bearer here, and that it's makes sense for this. Yeah, five, much. four and a half, five. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Gentlemen, thank you for joining me this evening for all the laughs, for all the fun, for all the <laughs> stuff to go into that, because this was more enjoyable than watching Dynamite for this yeah. week. 
for Mikey, for the professor, for myself. We also enjoy that you joined us for this ride as well. Please let us know what you're enjoying. Please let us know if this was a better show for you than we think. What's your empanada scale? We want to know. Drop it in the comments down below. And remember, as always with this, you are Biconic. We are all here at the Biconics, Biconic, because we love to share this art form with you and we love to dig deep with every one of you. So deep. And we'll see you in the next video. My God, seriously. Like, <laughs> this is where we talk. Really? You had to do the fisting motion during the end of that? That's what we went with? I was just like, yeah, dig deep. Bye. I'm going to have to blur that now, which is even oh, more fun. I'm sorry. Do you want to do the end again? I'm sorry. No, no. I don't. I'm going to leave it in because that's even more fun. That's I didn't the know the gestures real. were that bad. I'm sorry. That's the blooper. This. Real. <laughs> I got to be it'll careful. Be fine. It'll be fine. I apologize. No, no. Don't ball. It's very, it's, it'll be fine. It's that could be anything. To, Dig deep. I thought you were about to say Bye. something completely different. And I was that like, can, ooh, that that's the after so hour show. Power Ranger Ninjago. Morph. No, I thought you were going to say I heard heard pull and I was just like, I thought you were about to say something that I'm not going to repeat while we're recording. Oh, no. I will wait until we're off camera to say that, which I think this is perfect time. I think we've talked enough. Oh, one last. So you said Mastodon, not Pterodactyl? (laughs) On that lovely note, let's end this. (laughs) 